Welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. It's going to be a fantastic episode. Oh, it's going to be the best. It's going to be so a good one. It is. I, like, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. I, I got a feeling. I've done a hundred, close to 170 of these episodes. This is, my energy is the lowest. My enthusiasm is the lowest for this episode. Just this COVID, I'm fucking over it, man. You know, the one good thing, though, is... It's affecting everybody. So I can't say, oh, well, my team is so affected by COVID and I have all these postponed games. Everybody does. Yeah. Everyone's fucked just like I am. So there's a bit of a level playing field, I guess you could say. But like there's definitely people that have dodged this bullet. You know, there's people that are that are worse off. There's people that are better off. But I think it's it's definitely a bell curve, man. Like a lot of us are in that middle that are just totally fucked. And only a few people are like unscathed or just demolished injuries. We're just going to get to it. Everybody's got COVID. All the games are canceled. Drew Doughty took a puck to the chest from Brent Burns. He's day to day probably for that. I'd I'd assume Kale Clay gets some some power play time there. Uh, Matt Grizzlick back in action. Boston was running a five forward power play. So it didn't matter until Matt Grizzlick came out on the top power play for the second power play opportunity tonight during that Boston game. John Gibson took a shot to the face in practice. He needed stitches. Call him day-to-day. Connor Murphy, our our favorite bang daddy, out with a hip injury. We don't really know how long. Eric Branstrom on IR. Claude Giroux on COVID protocol. Uh, The Flyers game, what is it, Sunday against the Washington Capitals on Valentine's Day? That's canceled now. Done for. Well, postponed, they say. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's canceled because this is not getting any better. Every single week has gotten worse. I don't I don't see anyway. And now like one of the storylines I want to bring up is that teams in the US are now allowing fans into the stadiums. It's like why? Why? You you guys are already doing so poorly handling this, but let's get there when we get there. Um Shea Theodore did not complete Tuesday's game. No news undisclosed. If Genny Malkin left practice today with some eye thing. Nothing serious. They said it was just an irritation. Trocek looking like it could be short term. Brendan Moore said hopeful for Trocek for sure. Nietzsche could be another day, but we're getting closer with both these guys. So it's like super ambiguous. It's a perfect coach's answer. Political. There's no timelines. It's just real gray. TJ Oshie is probably going to return, you know, if there's ever a game for Washington. Nathan McKinnon. I heard some like rumors that he was talking in a Fortnite chat room or he was playing Fortnite and told some people like yeah as soon as as soon as the abs are back i'm back so uh, that's a rumor so take it with a grain of salt and uh stay hydrated but that's what i heard not telling you it's true storylines <laughs> let's let's just dive right into the fact that teams are now allowing fans into the stadiums this is after this is like right on the heels of teams just crumbling from COVID. now they're gonna let like i think it was 10 percent of fans into new york i think carolina is gonna start letting some fans in sounds like a bad idea it sounds like a bad idea like you're all like i get it you want money right but <laughs> you're, you're not gonna have money if you keep postponing games you know what i mean so like adding two thousand more cases of you know possible 
exposure and, and stuff like that into your teams and then taking out the glass behind the bench and, and, you know, just, Hey, we've done it all we could do. You know, I think it's a bad <laughs> idea. What are you, where are you guys at with this? Is this more and more? I don't think we're going to finish this season. It's definitely a bad idea. A hundred percent. It's definitely a bad idea. Why? Why? Like you're already struggling. Capitalism. Uh, we have all these postponed games and this is clearly just a money grab. Really sucks. It's clearly just a money grab. They're trying to salvage what they can because I think they don't think they're going to make it either. Yeah, so. no, they're they're going to make it, but there uh, there won't be fans hanging around for very long. I think it's teams trying to squeeze some money out, but I, I have a feeling Batman or someone higher than Batman is going to say this. No, you have to stop. I don't see it, it sticking around because it's just a dumb idea. I mean, the the league is not dumb enough to think that making like a hundred grand one night and losing the rest of the season is a good equation. Um, yeah. Batman is not that dumb. He's a like dink. Zach said, it's just it's a money grab. Get your money while you can. We've all been to games, right? The most disgusting place I've ever been is a stadium. Just the piss trough. You know, like that is just filthy, dirty. I think the only place I've ever been that's dirtier is like. Zach, you know Kensington in Philadelphia like 10 years ago before all the hipsters <laughs> moved in. That's probably the only place I would rather not go than than the piss trough. All right, next, we were we were talking a lot about it in the in the group chat here us hosts. Um Ron Hextall to the to the Penguins with uh Berkey too. So Ron Hextall, Zach, we know him as a builder and he even was quoted as saying, "I know I'm, a, I'm known as a builder." but I'm not a one-trick pony. We're going to make a run for the Cup this year. We will reassess in the offseason. Who's getting traded? Who is it going to be? It's going to be somebody, right? It's going to be one of the big boys, and you yep. can't think that it's going to be Crosby. Bringing in uh, Berkey changes everything because he has the balls to do Trigger anything. finger, dude. Yeah. But he's also he's 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 a, a smart guy, but... I mean, he pulled off the move to get the Twins, right? The crazy move at the draft to get that draft pick. Um, pulled off the crazy move to sign Pavel Bure out of Russia. So he he pulls off some weird shit. You never know. That is going to kind of lead me into this, like, dynasty or keeper leagues. How how does this change your view of guys like Jake Gensel, who are kind of like, dude, they were first and second round picks in our dynasties. And, you know, the outlook was always really good, you know, this this whole season, the weird season for Pittsburgh aside, you know, Jake Gensel was kind of a really high ticket item. And man, I just I wonder if he's going to get that kind of Larkin treatment if they do go full re, like rebuild here. If Gensel is kind of on an island, almost the way you think about Pasternak after Marchand and uh, and Bergeron move on like Gensel, man, he's going to be alone because they, they have some good prospects and stuff, but they don't have the best. So I, I could see Hextall trying to retool like what he did in Philly. He, he tried retooling on the fly. He tried keeping us competitive, you know, trading for Valtteri Felpola and, and playing Chris yeah. Vandeveldi and, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar, you know, 19 minutes a night and shit like that. It didn't work, but he was really good at drafting, really good. And, uh, you know, that's that's not fun for me as a Flyers fan to think that the Penguins are are going to be good one day. I was kind of enjoying this slow descent into uh, failure. I mean, I think the obvious answer, guess, whatever. The way Malkin's playing, I mean, makes it a pretty easy thing to say he needs a chain of scenery. But I could see them trying to flip Malkin for like to a team who's going to try to win the cup, who could use a center. 
and maybe somebody grab... maybe that said they were going to win a cup in the next four years. Perhaps, yeah. So when somebody there's... like Ottawa. May well, but Ottawa does have Here, all, here's a all of the picks. Evgeny Malkin for Matt Murray. That's how it's going to be. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Jokes. It's all jokes. Please, but I mean they got they got prospects in there, so maybe. I don't know. No, no way in hell Malkin wants to end his career in Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> well, the way he's playing, it looks like he doesn't want to end it in in Pittsburgh either. Shit. It looks like he wants to end it like next week. The way he's playing. Last year. Yeah. Ouch. So we we were talking about Winnipeg in our last episode. Sorry to anybody that was kind of like thrown out of a loop, but Raj's audio got really corrupted to the point where. We couldn't even put it in, but I can't remember if Winnipeg made the cut or not, but we were talking about how, you know, they're talking about rolling lines, but Shifley played 2109 in the first game. Let's talk about Blake Wheeler, guys. He played 1633. That's the best time on ice he's had in his last three games. He played 1314 against Calgary, like, and he's slotted on the third line, if you can really call it that, but like, what the fuck, guys? Well... I I don't know what to expect in Winnipeg anymore. Things are gonna change a lot in the next few games. I would say it's it's tough to get a get a read on it. I can't uh, I can't doubt Wheeler. He's too good. Well, it's definitely hard to doubt Wheeler, especially how just consistent he is. He's a consistent guy. He's a point per game guy. He still is a point per game. That's the thing. For the for the most part, he has he has eleven points in in twelve games this year. He's still a point per game guy. It just seems like he's doing so 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 poorly because usually he's much more. Well, and he's a stat filler too, right? Like he's he does more than just score too. Which, you know, he's he's pretty good on the on the crunchiness. He uh, what yeah. he's he has gone what like eight nine games without a goal, and I think he had a three point night. In the middle of that, like three assists, and then kind of a few more games yeah, with no points. Yeah, but he has points. another three games and no points. And then another three-point night. So it's that's the kind of year it is, though, right? Like, there's these guys. There's your Verhegis. There's your guys who are getting three points. <laughs> Blake Wheeler they... having himself a Farabee year. Yeah, exactly. 19 minutes, 13 minutes, 16 minutes, 22 minutes. Like, what the fuck is going on in hockey right now? But I don't doubt Wheeler. I mean, he's... Maybe a buy low if he can get someone to just look at the last five games kind of thing or something. But And be upset. Yeah. Dubois played 13-10. I think he's just getting his, his Winnipeg legs. His win the legs. That's it. That's <laughs> oh, all God. I got. Okay. There's your, there's your episode name. That was, that was pretty awful. Yeah, it was bad. All right. Uh, weekend preview. Who, who out, besides no one, who has the best <laughs> schedule? Uh, Vegas. Vegas, yeah. I mean, Vegas is the only answer, I guess. <laughs> There's nobody left. Like, yes. New York Rangers was the second team that I'd written about, but 40 minutes after I wrote about them, it was Control-X. Delete it. Yeah. Now, now they're now they're not playing on Sunday, and which would have been awesome because there's, like, no games on Sunday already. So, like, having that Sunday matchup would be huge. But now, you're fucked. And then there was the thing with St. Louis that happened too, where like they lost a game, and then 15 minutes later they added like a three pack against Arizona. All got shuffled around, so mm. they've got a nice little Saturday. No, what is it? A Friday Saturday against Arizona. Vegas has the 
the three games against two teams they're who the don't only team. They're they're playing games, and you know that that definitely helps. I mean, who on Vegas do you guys like? Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. Yeah, man, he is uh nineteen percent owned. He is lighting it up in our leagues. He's actually more valuable than Shea Theodore and Alex Martinez than Jonathan Marchessault, Chandler Stevenson. In in ten games, he's got nine points, eight pims, a couple points on the power play, nineteen shots, nothing too great there, but it's close to two shots a game. Hit some blocks enough to to keep you from saying he doesn't do it, but he's just on, he's on fire right now. Yeah, he's been doing well. I streamed uh, Chandler Stevenson uh, a couple nights back, and he scored. Slick Willie got yeah, a couple four points. points in his last three games, looking good. good. The opportunities. Well, he was kind of you know slowing it down but all of a sudden he's ramping it back up which is pretty great yeah that um, whole line too um carlson's hitting the score sheet a little bit more march so has got four points in the last three games cody glass too man you know as long as he keeps top power play he's worth a look he's six percent owned so widely available what about your boy alex martinez man i know you're a big fan of his bangs he blocks like a mother Sure does, and he's doing that. <laughs> Five blocks a game in his last three. Hey, he's getting his, his Tanev on over there. Yeah, he's great. I mean, you always have to worry. I mean, in this, this year, you have to worry about fucking everybody who plays in America, but guys like that, the only worry is when you block that much, you're always running the risk of breaking a leg, but he's such a, a champion of it, I don't worry about it too, too much. All scar tissue by now. <laughs> yeah. He's not like a Latang who gets like a huge amount of blocks, but at the expense of breaking his ankle every year. Yeah. I will still always talk about, you know, at least a just check on Riley Smith. He's available in like a quarter or more of leagues. Now he probably won't be available in your in in your leagues, but if he is available, dude, he he's helping out everywhere. I mean he he does the the hits and the blocks a, a little bit. He's still scoring points and he's doing it on the down low. Uh, the shots are great. Uh, the, the shots are where it's at, and he's playing on that great second line. So, I mean, I'm looking at Riley Smith here. Yeah, he never gets the respect. And he's he's better. That's fine. He's better than... That's fine. Uh, pick, him, pick him up before somebody else does. That's perfect. <laughs> it's like the Rodney Dangerfield of <laughs> fucking Vegas. Garen. As an aside, since there's no hockey to talk about, really, how are you guys feeling about what's gone on with Theodore and Petrangelo since that was the big news to start the year? It's clearly like Theodore's outperforming him on the stat sheet. He is, but it's been weird. So Petrangelo was out for a a decent amount of time with COVID, and then you got um, Theodore out now day-to-day. So it's just like they're, they're taking turns on the top power play. It's not really like, you know, one or the other. You know, when they were playing, it was one and two, but Theodore is, he's the better guy, for fantasy at least. Kind of working out the way I, I thought, I'd hoped, is that Petrangelo would like be just a little more defensive, and he's playing 26 minutes when he's playing, and uh, Theodore's playing, what, like uh, 21 and a half, playing the offensive minutes and getting the points in less time, it seems like. Yeah. And that's the way that I wanted it to go, because cheer for the little guy. Well, Petrangelo's got him in points and shots, but everything else looks like uh, looks like Theodore right now. Yeah, it was looking so high for Shea Theodore. Or no, sorry, backwards. I was reading them backwards. So Theodore has points and shots. Petrangelo has the hits, the blocks. And that's it. Yeah. So I mean, it's take one for the other. Available in three percent of leagues. Go check it out. Absolutely, <laughs> both of them. Uh, okay, I, I don't mind the Blues and the Yotes. Uh, the Blues, they're playing 
a back-to-back set against the Yotes Friday, Saturday. So I, I don't think there's such a thing as a heavy night anymore just because all, like, there, what is there, four teams that are just straight up not playing this week? I think, <laughs> uh, you know, Philly, uh, the Devils, Minnesota, and Buffalo still just not playing. And apparently they're going to cram all these games into the end of the season before they go into the um, into the playoffs and not get in the way of the Olympics, NBC, and all that shit. But uh, let's talk about St. Louis. We got a couple guys that we have been, you know, beating a drum for, and their their percentage has been going up, respectively. Jordan Kiru over fifty percent. Justin Falk just go check at sixty six percent, running the top power play and banging like crazy. Uh, Oscar Sundquist is somebody we've been kind of attracted to fantasy wise here I, I you know two and a half hits a game block and a half hits a game over the course of the season shot a game pims four percent owned who else is there possibly to look at here in st louis ivan barbashev yeah ivan barbashev getting top line time with uh ryan o'reilly and david perron um he's hitting he's blocking He's getting more time on ice. Uh, he had over 16 minutes time on ice in his last game. And that is up from, you know, 7.44 two, days, or two games ago and 12 and a half minutes the game before that. Uh, you need to see him shooting. But he did get an assist in his last game where he did play over 16 minutes. And if he's getting that top line time, I'm at least a little interested for a stream. I always love saying Sunquist if you're if you're in need of hits. He's one of the he gets like defensive banger numbers from a forward position. So if you're trying to load up on on that end of the the stat line, he's uh he's got the second most hits on the team, like significantly more than most of their D does. So that's nice. And he blocks like he blocks like a defenseman. He has more blocks than Krug for sure. <laughs> more blocks than Vince Dunn. <laughs> If you're trying to get hits and blocks, you're better off going with Sunquist than most of the D on St. Louis. Sunquist getting top power play time, too. I don't mind that. All right, Arizona. They are not a wasteland this year, which is just surprising, and I'm having trouble like compartmentalizing that. Connor Garland, 59% owned. I think this is, this is pretty much last call. This will probably be the last time we talk about him as a streamer. Uh, 59% is more than I'm comfortable with talking about it, but you definitely got to go look, man. He's been the most valuable Arizona Coyote that you could have. You know, Christian Dvorak's on a hell of a run, but just looking at Garland, he's got 13 points in 12 games, uh, 47 shots. That's close to double what Dvorak's got. The hits and blocks, you know, whatever. Seven for Dvorak versus two for Garland, whatever. I'll take the shots, just man. Just under four Jesus. shots a game. Dude, just under four shots a game, dude. He is doing well. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Dvorak in there, who I think the part of what I erased that got you know turned into Megatron last episode was kind of saying he's at the end of his run, and then that night he got a goal and assist, both points on the power play, played 24 minutes. <laughs> I would still pick him up, given the schedule, you know, the little run of games they have here and I just don't see how this can possibly last but he's getting two points a game in most of his games lately dude so is Clayton Keller Jesus he's got 10 shots in his last four games he's got four points in those same four games five points in his last five 25 percent owned he is not doing anything hits and blocks so like this is he's well he doesn't he, he, he does it. Does. That's not what he does. Ideal for your points leagues, but if if you need offense, you know, in a categories league, Clayton Keller, cheap way to go, man. Twenty five percent. Nick Schmaltz, twenty one percent too. And 
there's just so many hot streaks going on in Arizona right now. Look at how many guys have 30-plus shots, like top six or seven guys. Like, they're shooting. I guess Kessel's doing okay. That's a guy we are trying not to say, but he's down to 35% and yeah. actually playing okay. If you need to it stream sucks points. to be like, you know, Kessel's the, the worst option here because he only has eight points in 12 games. Like, that's a 62-point pace or something like that. Like, that's not bad. You know, that's that's kind of what we thought for Kessel. And, and I had Keller pegged. He's got the same eight points in the same 12 games, just a little bit hotter right now. And their their stat lines are eerily similar. So I guess, like, Kessel is another option. Both these guys, like, Ew. I, I don't know what the hell's going on in Arizona, but they're they're not shitty for fantasy, no. at least. Like, they have always been, like, a, a fantasy wasteland. Not this year. I have a question for you. All right. Does this worry you? Throughout Clayton Keller's career... Per season, he's had, on average, two and a half shots per game, career-wise. This year, he still has two and a half shots per game. Just more of them are going in. Mm-hmm. So he's up a solid 4% on his career average. I I don't mind 13, what is it, 13% shooting? So it doesn't, it doesn't worry you that he's shooting the same amount? No. Just more of them are going in? No, I mean, after the first half of his rookie season... It's been nothing but underwhelming. I, th- I think we're finally being whelmed here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not overwhelming, but I think this is the guy we've always hoped for. You know, I, I opened up the season saying we just need to be okay with Clayton Keller being just okay. And this is not just okay. He, he's looking better. You know, 10 pims. That's, that is not what I was fucking thinking out of Clayton Keller. It's got to be an accident somewhere, but eight points in 12 games, that's 60-point pace. Fine. That's right it up looks- there with Kessel, man. It looks like their power play is clicking, too. I don't have the percentage in front of me, but it, they got a bunch of guys with power play points in recent yeah, games. Are, they are doing damage on the power play. Yeah, Christian what? Dvorak leading the way with six power play points. Jacob Chikrin finally turning it on. I was waiting for this guy. Like, I was close to drop territory. I think I might have even done it, you know, a week ago. And, and here I am, you know. I hate myself for it because he's got 10 points in 12 games. <sighs> Man. And I feel like Ali ekman Larson is, you know... He's coming around. It's, yeah. I feel like it's going to be sometime soon. Tell me things get better when Oliver ekman Larson gets back. I He was playing really well to start the season. Yeah, he did have He was playing points, really yeah. well. Yeah, I know, but just in the game itself, like I was watching that game. He was all over the place. He was in that game. And then it went, all, and then it went all awry. Mm, it's just uh, kind of freaky that they're doing really well without him. The update on Yahoo says the doctor says it's his call when he wants to come back now. So he oh. should, be in, should be coming back uncertain for Friday, but if they're saying yeah, he's just he was uncertain, so he's almost back. On the ice for the optional practice today. So that's that's not bad. But yeah, you know what's going to happen. I told you. This is a crazy hot streak, so I think almost no matter what, as soon as he comes back, they're going to end up doing worse <laughs> than they are. I can't <laughs> wait to blame it on him. That's going to be great. I, I'm 100% going to blame it on OEL. So is the whole uh, team. <laughs> all right. Did I did I miss anybody from the Yotes here? It's like, I mean, Phil Kessel, we've been dancing around his name, but check it out. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> it's inappropriate. <laughs> he's, he just got stoked because Mick Rib came back this year. Now yeah. he's fucking playing the best hockey he ever has in Arizona. Okay. I like Boston. They got a back-to-back New York Rangers, New York Islanders. Nick Ritchie still 33% owned, still on the top power play. David Krejci getting some power play one reps whenever they're feeling froggy and sending out those five five forwards. Matt Grizzlick, the other end of that fifth piece on the power play, 32% owned. 
all I got. I also like your pickup from today too. Craig Smith. Craig Smith. Yeah, he was Craig Smith you know, today best available. I'd, well, I I had had him uh, for for a couple of days before you. He shoots. He does. He's not bad, and, he, and he's playing on that second line. So, like, if you had picked up a Krejci or Richie, and you wouldn't double down on some points, hopefully, Smith Smith is your guy. And he's also getting second line power play time. Think about that. You know who's a, a new kid on the block, too, just in the peripheral department, is that rookie Jeremy Lazan or Lausen or however mm-hmm. you say it. Yeah. He's hitting a lot and blocking a lot, and they really like him. He's playing 20 minutes, and he probably won't ever have power play time, but he's a good streamer for, for peripheral stuff. Yeah, he's leading the team in hits, so mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, I like Calgary as well for like a longer-term run. Because their next four games are against your Vancouver Canucks. And uh, you know how the Canucks like giving up goals. Yeah. <laughs> I've I love heard, bringing it up. I've heard that. I've heard that. Not on TSN 1040. Ooh, burn. That's sad. It's way um, too soon. And, yeah, only sorry. thing you got to watch out for is if Demko is in bubble mode. Look out. Because <laughs> he plays extremely well for 180 minutes at a time. That's how he works. Please don't do it for my Mikhail Blackland shares that I'm about to pick up. He's got eight points in 12 games. In our listener leagues, Raj, he is ranked higher than Sean Monaghan. And at 18% owned versus whatever I can assume Monaghan's like 87 or something. Just my guess. Yeah, he's at 75. Uh, There you go. Yeah. Rasmus Anderson's still only at 26. 26. doing, Doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, he got a power play assist the other night, got the monkey off his back. I, you know, and, and something else I heard coming out of Vancouver is that they are using these next four games as kind of like a measuring stick. They're going to decide what they are doing after these four games, whether they're going to be sellers, whether they're going to make a run for it or just break it down. Like, I'm not saying any of the, you know, the young kids are getting traded or anything, but Jesus, like Edler could be on the way out. That, that's a piece I would move. Yeah, Edler's a realistic piece that a playoff running team would want because he's only good mm-hmm. for – a season and he's he's a playoff dude like he's a tough bugger and i wonder if vertanen could see himself out oh he's gone if anybody wants him and there's been a couple of rumors actually the biggest rumor is boston there's the downside of like trading across the border right now is the the one team ends up getting fucked for two weeks but on vancouver's end i don't know i don't think two weeks are really going to matter to be honest it's (sighs) so i wasn't totally done with calgary I, i think there's there's two other guys that are definitely viable. I'll start with the lesser of my two, but good in bangs. Crunchy ass Sam Bennett, dude. Oh, yeah. And he's getting top Sam six Bennett time, isn't he? Sam is crunching, dude. Yeah, he's on the second line with uh, Goudreau and Monaghan. 23, 23 hits on the year, but in his last five, two, three, only one, then four and four. Two games with four hits each. Um, like we said, he's getting that second line time. Um, and then also Andrew Mangiapane. Love him. Love that guy. Andrew Mary- Manchepani is uh, definitely the look here. Uh, has what? Uh, five five points in his last five point per game in, in that span. One, two blocks, one, two hits, somewhere around there. But dude, helping out from that third line spot, playing with Michael Backlund. I was looking into his uh, advanced stats and stuff. His His shot share and goal share is like in the 80s and 90s. You need to get this guy in the top six. Bennett is pulling a little bit of a PLD, and they've been giving a bunch of time. And right, the, yeah. 
what they've been talking about is that it's just it's like here's the guy we want to trade. We'll give him propping some up his so value. Most of the games uh, recently, he's playing only in and around eleven minutes. All right, like he's he's been getting some time with the good line, but even his his best game is still fifteen minutes. So he's great. He's a great pickup, though. You're right, like for now, but definitely. Wouldn't be planning on a long-term relationship. Well, isn't that what we're talking about? He's tri-eligible in fan tracks, too. I know I got a share of him in a particularly deep league. And the hits floor is always good to, to have in your back oh, pocket. Yeah. He just needs to figure out how to be playoff Sam Bennett all the time. That's all we want. Hmm. Uh, and how? All right. The only team that I kind of like left here is, is Winnipeg. And we just got to go back to the well with, uh, you know, the... The usuals, Andrew Kopp up to 51%, Adam Lowry 25%, not bad choices. I mean, they will play games. They got two games against Ottawa, so Canadian division is is safe when it comes to streams. For now, yeah, I mean, I hate that we keep saying that, but uh, it should be okay. And we've seen what Ottawa can even do for the shittiest of teams to help out the stat line. Their schedule is not bad next week either too so if you want to yeah. hold on if you can get one of these guys they got uh four games three of them are off nights because monday's particularly heavy a couple against uh vancouver a couple against edmonton a couple of very passive defenses not bad stastny's an option still he's playing second line but they like they've got they pretty much have four lines now they're doing the montreal deal mm. they're working their way towards it yeah which I think, like we were talking about, it's kind of like bad for the bad for the top guys, good for the bottom guys, kind of thing. Yeah, that's where I'm at, guys. Like I don't know what what your thoughts on the the rest of the weekend are, but that to me, like it's almost not even worth talking about because by tomorrow it's going to be fucking different. That's why it's so hard to do any of this research. <laughs> as soon as you do your research, you can some of it you can just you gotta throw do it. Away. You gotta do it live. You know what we haven't mentioned? We haven't mentioned anything about goalies. Oh yeah, so Is there's there any back-to-backs that backs uh, or anything. Yeah, the back to backs in um, St. Louis and Arizona. They're gonna. You'll see Veli Huso. You'll see Antti Ranta if he doesn't die by then. Maybe Aiden Hill if that does happen. It's a coin flip to me. Arizona looks good. They beat uh, the Blues a lot this season. So you know, maybe get an Antti Ranta in there. They got the back to back. So. You need to stream in some, which is becoming a thing, right? Like I, I got burned last last week on not making a goalie minimums in one league just because everybody was on the COVID. Oh man, yeah. So Boston's got a back to back too. They got the Rangers and they got the Islanders. Rask saw the Rangers tonight, so I wonder if they go to Halak. I mean, Halak's going to get one of those, you know. But uh, for sure, let's let's check on um. And check his ownership here. Because so I think Halak's one of the more owned. It's 67%. So, like, you know, in a third of leagues, you can go get him. Because we all need goalie streams. You're, you're not wrong. Like, I, I have Blackwood and Soros in one league, and that's just been so bad. Because I'm streaming in, like, the worst goalies. The worst of them. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Because I think everyone was fairly wise to trying to carry extra goalies this year. So there is the wire is pretty shallow. I mean, um, Vegas got a back-to-back, too. I don't see either of those goalies being yeah, too available. Yeah, but I don't think that Flurry is yeah. available. Uh, Hogberg's been getting a lot of time, and Peterson's been getting a lot of time in uh, Ottawa and L.A., respectively. But I think Peterson's got to be pretty owned. Um, and Hogberg's bad, so 
<laughs> I was gonna say this. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, I don't know how much that's worth talking about. He is not Chris Trieger might get a game. Like they've been, you know, going fifty fifty. I I think uh, Bobrovsky got confirmed for Thursday's game already. He had a good outing. You last know, game. it's gonna be against Tampa, so that that's fucking tough cookies. Uh, okay, so here you go. Detroit has a double dose of Nashville. I wonder if Rene gets a game because they've both been bad. So hey. And a, another thing, too, just to keep an eye on, is some of these teams, they might have some games filled in, the ever-changing schedule. So. Oh, I'll tell you what. So, Carey Price got the start against the Maple Leafs tonight. You would assume Jake Allen gets the start against the Oilers tomorrow. Oh, there we go. So, if you got same-day ads and are desperate, like, Jake Allen's been nothing but solid this year. Just very impressive. I love what they did. It's like a nine twenty something dummy. He's been good, quite good. That's it for goalies, man. Like, uh, it's a fucking fool's errand. Bad schedules. I guess we could talk about that. It's like everybody. So let's see. Jake Allen is fifty one percent owned. Goalies are a hot commodity. So if if you can carry three or even four, fuck, like do it. Jake Allen being like kind of at the top of that list there. Halak's good too. Jake Ottinger getting a lot of games too down in Dallas. Losing a lot of games in overtime, but you know, posting yeah, good he's stats. He's not looking too great. He's not looking bad either, but you know, he needs some time. Ah, oh, boy, I don't know what to do about UC Soros. We'll have to bring him up in in the trends. That's it. That's all I got for this episode, guys. Um, curtains, curtains. All right. So that is the the bleakest weekend preview to date. I hope you enjoyed it, regardless. So. If you did, Scott, we, we've been getting like the reviews have just been pouring in, guys. Like I sent you a screenshot. Love you know, it. if you got a minute, feel free to uh, you know puff our chests out a little further. And uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can join in our fantasy hockey Discord. And until Sunday, until then, we love you. Love you. Love you.